0: The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners.
1: Now sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten.
0: Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Untold History Revealed. I am your host, Sean Donnelly.
0: And I'm your co-host, Marianne Donnelly.
1: Hey, so let me tell you a little bit what's going on here, if you're joining us for the first time. We are the owners of PanicD.com and DarkShadowGhostTours.com. We are husband and wife, not siblings. <laughs> 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 and... uh through some of our travels uh, and research and things we've done for our websites, we have collected a ton of information over the years. Uh, in fact, we just launched a pretty extensive series on YouTube. It's on YouTube.com panicdvideos Panic uh, called Our Haunted Travels. And we are focusing on a new location each week that we've been to. And we're going to break 200 this summer.
0: Crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of places.
1: A lot of places. Been to a lot of places all over the country. Uh, Most of which have paranormal claims. Mm -hmm. um, Which is why this podcast is history, forensics, paranormal, true crime, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But... We go into a little bit more history, some of the things that you may know, forgot, or may have not heard of before. And this series, uh, we're talking about the... Go ahead. You take it this time. Go ahead. Say it. The
0: 1893 Columbian Exposition, better known to most people as the Chicago World's Fair.
1: That's right. Uh, Last week, we kicked it off where we were talking about the Visitors...
0: Yeah, some of the people that you know and love from history uh, that you didn't realize, they all somehow managed to get to this particular location during a six-month period, and it's crazy.
1: That's right. We've done a lot of research on different places and and things in history, and and a lot of stuff is this is like a pivotal event in American history. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of things pointed back to this. And uh, yeah, everywhere that's why everything we really we, got interested in it, and yeah, everything kinda, we that we, need to we look had this researched one up and see what's going on here
0: <laughs> somehow yeah. they it tied back and said, oh well they they were at the Columbian World's Fair, or, oh, this debuted there, and are yeah. like everything revolves everything. around that everything.
1: if that event didn't happen,
0: so we many would things would be, be different in, in
1: a different country, yeah. But, um, so, in this podcast, we are talking about the firsts.
0: The firsts, absolutely. Yeah,
1: different things that debuted at the fair mm-hmm. or were invented shortly before, and people were smart at the time, but these inventors, and said, hey, we got to get it at that fair. Right. And uh,
0: get in, in front of them. That's 27 right. million people. Or- that's
1: right. <laughs> So uh, that's what this podcast is about. And then next week, we're going to be talking about some of the tragedies Mm. surrounding the World's Fair. Yes. And I don't know if we're going to wrap it up with that one because we do have a lot of stuff about the fair. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see how far we get. We'll see. I mean, we might have to do. We that. might
0: take that that tragedy one and, and do a little bit of basic intro into it. We didn't really talk about the fair in general, and you know, oh, how big was it, and where, how many people came, how many tickets were sold, you know, that kind of yeah, stuff.
1: Statistics.
0: So we might we might throw that into the tragedy one. We'll see.
1: We'll see. If not, if we'll, not, we'll do. We'll go to the fourth one. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I want to thank everybody for sticking around with us and coming back. Uh, You know, in the last one, we apologized for not having a podcast, and we were debating whether we're going to continue to do it, but we love doing this, just sitting here and uh, sharing this information with you guys. And our last podcast broke over 206 downloads within a week. I mean, That might not be huge for some podcasters out there, but that's a big deal for us. I mean, that's more than the number of students you teach within a year.
0: Yes, that is.
1: So, well, that was within a week. Yeah. So, yeah, I was pretty impressed. I'm like, yep, we got to stick with this and and pay it back. So, all right. So uh, So where do we start?
0: I I think we'll start with some things that we didn't know last week that we did a little bit of extra research with and then tie it right into this week. Okay. So one of the things that we talked about last week was that Buffalo Bill Cody was not allowed to have a booth at the columbian world's fair they turned him down and said "No, nope, no thank you so he opened up a shop right outside the gates basically and said i'll show you and he he had his own thing but why was he not invited well it turns out that they actually had another show that was pretty much doing what he did and it was called the wild east show and uh, so they said, well, we can't have two of the same show, basically, on the fairgrounds. So um, they said, we got this one already, so we're just going to stick with this one. Thanks anyway. So that was uh, one of the things that we didn't quite know the reasoning behind last week. But um, you also had uh, something that you brought up last week, which was about Helen Keller. So why don't you take uh
1: That's right. I think we, we kind of... Had- said well why would she be there you know why would she want to go um, actually we found out that she was invited to be there um, they debuted and I say they because I don't know who the name was unless you have it no, no, Um they debuted the uh, machine which um, was able to print braille books at the uh, fair and she was invited to come and uh, take it for a spin and check it out check it out and they wanted her opinion. So that's why she was there.
0: All right. So, one of the firsts that we have for today would be Braille Book Machine. Yeah.
1: The Braille Book Printing Machine.
0: Absolutely awesome.
1: Changes mm. millions, millions of people's lives.
0: Abso- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: let's go to another one that I guess it's not life changing, but it was pretty prevalent at the fair. Okay. The first. Ferris wheel. Ferris's uh, wheel. Yes,
0: Ferris's wheel. It was Which also known as the Chicago wheel, yeah. uh, the great wheel, things like that. They they had all these different names for it. But basically it was Ferris's wheel uh, because Mr. Ferris actually created that. And uh, it was super awesome. I mean, it, it would hold just tons of people.
1: 60, what was it?
0: 60 people per car. And they had uh what thirty eight cars or something like that I'll, on it it was I'll pull that up it was It was crazy how many individuals would be on that Ferris's wheel at one time. You know you think about the Ferris' wheels that we have today and now we call it Ferris wheel We don't call it Ferris's wheel anymore. Yeah, drop the but uh the Ferris wheel that we have today it literally What maybe a hundred people, if that could fit on the whole thing, but they had just thousands of people that could ride almost, you know, simultaneous. It was crazy. So you're going to look that up, but I have a little bit more information. Um, A ticket for Ferris's wheel would cost 50 cents. And uh, this got you two revolutions uh, around the, the Ferris wheel. And, uh, it also came along with a cool certificate that said that you had ridden on the Ferris wheel. And that's pretty cool because we do we don't stuff own like that. not one of those yet? No, I haven't found one of those. <laughs> yeah. Or we would be owning one of those. Absolutely. Yeah. There, they, I did find a ticket. We don't own that either because they wanted like almost $2,000 for a ticket uh, for the Ferris wheel. S- But uh, (laughs) we don't own the ticket and we also don't own the certificate that comes with it saying that you wrote it. But we do stuff like that for us with some of our little side show things that we do. We give them a certificate that says you did this or whatever. So I think it's pretty awesome that Ferris did the same thing.
1: So this kind of gives you a general idea how big this thing was. There were uh, 36 different passenger cars, each fitted with 40 revolving chairs and able to accommodate up to 60 people, giving the total capacity at one time of 2,160 people on the ride. Just crazy. Yeah. It was huge. And I... Believe I don't have those calculations anymore, but we calculated uh, it took twenty minutes for one revolution, and mm-hmm. what would you say? You got to go. You got to go around twice. Twice, okay. Uh, Fifty cents.
0: That's pretty. It cost. I think it was we calculated actually, think it was 50 that cents in today's to get in money. The
1: I think we calculated in today's money that they raised over. 21 million dollars or something like that for how for all the rides and stuff it, on that it,
0: it was nuts um but the ferris wheel wasn't ready when they first opened the fair either it wasn't ready until july um and they opened may 1st so it it wasn't even around the whole fair but it did stay later um it, they did have it they did they moved it across town after the fair was over And then, um, they let it continue to, to go for, for a while, um, on the other side of town, there was a guy, uh, who kept on doing lawsuits trying to get them to get rid of it because he's like, I don't want this in my town. You know, the whole, you know, you don't want people just coming to do something weird in your town. And, uh, so eventually they did dismantle it and they sent it off to St. Louis for the St. Louis world's fair. Uh, in 1904 and then they had it up there and then they dismantled it and, and basically got rid of it altogether after that.
1: Yeah. I got some interesting tidbits that I actually found out today. Really? Yeah. Okay. So most of the, of the, the wheel, the iron and stuff for the wheel was made in uh, Bethlehem Iron Company, which is in Pittsburgh. Mm Mm-hmm some of the parts were made right here in youngstown ohio
0: really what parts were made in Youngstown? You some know?
1: of the some of the different parts for the for the wheel because you know they were under the gun to get this manufactured he designed it and everything so they subbed some of it out here in youngstown to have some interesting of the, some of the parts made.
0: that's yeah. pretty cool yeah yeah so in case you didn't notice we're sean and i are here in youngstown ohio so we uh We live where part of the original Ferris wheel was made. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did have a, we
0: we were a large steel uh, area, so.
1: But uh, like Marianne said, it doesn't exist anymore. So sad. That was a lot of steel in that thing. they probably melt that down and. Absolutely. Made a few thousand cars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Just
1: the shaft alone weighed 71 tons. That's just the shaft that was in the center of it. That's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. All right, what all else right. you
0: got? So let's
1: talk about food. Oh, please do, because uh, we haven't had dinner yet. Yeah, so let's
0: talk about some food. <laughs> there was a lot of different food things that came about during the Chicago World's Fair. And most people, they talk about, oh, you know, um, we we got that nice, gooey, sticky popcorn and and nut material that you know and love as
1: cracker jacks. Cracker
0: jacks. Absolutely. The Cracker Jack company actually says that this was their debut and um according to historical records there's nothing saying that they had a booth at the fair, but I don't see why they wouldn't. Um the the guy who came up with the process he finally figured it out just a few days before the fair started, how to keep the, the caramelized materials from clumping so much together. So it was literally on the cusp, just made. Just in
1: time. Just
0: in time for the fair. Yeah. So that was that's pretty cool. And a lot of people do mention that one. Then, of course, there is, you know, your favorite breakfast cereals that kind of came al- along at that point as well. Well, we
1: talked about that because you know with that many people that were visiting the fair you know it would be hard every day that the fair's open to make sure that they were eating you know eggs and bacon and all that other stuff like that so they probably had like quick little breakfast food there mm-hmm. such as oatmeal
0: oatmeal cream, cream of wheat. wheat cream of wheat yeah uh
1: did we talk about Not yet,
0: not yet. So Aunt Jemima pancakes really came on the scene here at this time as well. And uh, Nancy Green, who became the face, the Aunt Jemima, she was there as well. And she went ahead and she made, I think it was 50,000 plates of pancakes and Distributed them to people every day, and she did such a good job, and everybody was so happy with it, and they were all excited Can to get these pancakes. 50,
1: now you said fifty thousand
0: servings of pancakes. Of pancakes. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot
1: of pancakes.
0: It sure is. And she was she was flinging them all, and uh because of this, she ended up getting a lifetime job with oh, Aunt Jemima, I and she was say, the face. I thought you were going to say lifetime supply, supply. of pancakes. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but so Nancy Green became the face of Aunt Jemima. She went ahead and she did all these um, wonderful, um, you know, chatting it up with the with the customers and everything. And really, was just she was she was loved, and she got to have a job for life at Aunt Jemima. Pretty cool. So breakfast
1: breakfast foods breakfast breakfast was there any other breakfast foods
0: um i don't think breakfast foods but then we can go right on into lunch
1: sure go ahead (laughs) (laughs) hamburgers that's right that's right hamburgers yeah and not Um, too long before that uh coca-cola filed for their patent too so you can get you can get hamburger and a soda
0: yes why don't you tell them a little bit of, did you talk about the soda fountain in the in the first podcast or
1: I don't know I, I thought know. I did it on our live stream I know we did it on our live I stream. I know we did we it on the live stream but
0: yeah um they did have they did have some some of that uh nice good new coca-cola
1: yeah it didn't debut there but it was um it wasn't not too long before then when they filed for their patent for Coca-Cola. So, of course, it was a good idea to have Coca-Cola there. Yeah. So that they can...
0: So we can tie two things the, in here. We didn't Spoil want, the country. We kind of their, ran away...
1: With their evil sweet juice.
0: <laughs> we kind of ran away from the hamburger. I do want to circle back to yeah, the we'll hamburger. Yeah,
1: we'll come back to the hamburger.
0: But also here, they did get diet soda yes that, for the first time that's
1: where they yeah they'd be diet soda
0: yeah so they had regular coca-cola but, well, all that but we started to get, get <laughs> cut it out of- <laughs> we had to get some diet so we did get some diet soda to go along with our hamburgers at lunch but the hamburger was actually created um, because they had these horse pulled lunch wagons and so they didn't have any place to sit down and eat so they didn't have any indoor seating or anything like that so they needed some way that we could carry their food away
1: yeah so slap so they slap some slap some bread on it and, it was actually made of ham yes and that's beef. why
0: it was called a hamburger yeah, so
1: slap some ham between a couple buns and here you go right. give me a nickel i wonder how much they were
0: I'm not sure of how much they cost. There we cost. go. Another question. Don't another podcast, now people. do have to go and research that. Mm-hmm. But um, they did say that, um, according to a report uh, at the University of Michigan, uh, the ones that they did sell here, the hamburgers they sold at the fair, were actually ground pork.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So pretty cool. Uh, so they got their ground pork sandwich.
1: And there For dessert? Their brownie.
0: Their brownie. Absolutely. Mrs. Palmer, she uh, requested that her husband's um, chef, they had a hotel, the Palmer Hotel, and she said, "Uh, you guys need to figure out something because all these lovely ladies are going to be coming into town and they're going to need a dessert that they can take with them that isn't going to just melt all over everywhere. And so they... Did she, she actually sound out? like that? I don't know, but I, I like to think that she, she used, did. Use that but accent. Uh, <laughs> so, well, she was the head of the ladies' uh, organizations and everything in town and and very influential in the building, of the, the women's building. And uh, So, anyhow, I do believe she would have been one of the elites, you know. <laughs>
1: okay. But you said these brownies, though, uh, had something on it that was kind of... Interesting.
0: Yeah, so they were chocolate. Yeah.
1: They
0: were chocolate brownies, but the, the icing on it wasn't the normal icing that you know and love on brownies today. It actually had apricot jam on top of it.
1: Apricot. Yeah. And chocolate. I don't yeah. know. I'd like to try that. Maybe once, I have see.
0: the recipe.
1: You have the recipe.
0: I do. I have the recipe. i oh, will have to
1: put that out there a link to that.
0: Yeah, so... Um, on
1: our... Uh, Blog site website. They
0: actually still to this day at the Palmer Hotel. They still sell the original brownies. I mean, not the ones from 1893, but with the same recipe. They'd
1: be kind of stiff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I have been looking for one of the original. (laughs) Been looking for one of the original brownies. Maybe somebody still had one in their lunch pail they didn't eat. I don't know. But uh, yeah, they had apricot preserves on top of them, and I've I've never been a big apricot fan. But I don't know, maybe apricot on the on the top of a brownie would be super awesome. People seem to love them, and uh, they stuck, and we've had the brownie ever since. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know about the apricot though.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: That could be either good or like totally disgusting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's
0: going to be right. one or the other. Probably if not if in they're between. still making
1: them though. They must be pretty good. Yeah. I would assume.
0: Mm-hmm. I would assume so as well. Um let's stick with with chocolate since we got the chocolate brownie. Let's stick with chocolate.
1: Sure.
0: So, um we know that Milton Hershey, the chocolate man,
1: Hershey's. Right?
0: Yep. He didn't start out as a chocolate man. No. He started out with caramels. And here at the 1893 World's Exposition, he did uh, come across a German company who had this this candy bar that they were making on this machine that just kind of spit them out. And uh, so he was quite excited about it. He purchased one of those machines, took it back home to Pennsylvania, where he started his chocolate edition To his company and we now have the Hershey bar right so we've got all these wonderful things that came out of that but he wasn't the only one that's dealing with chocolate there there were some other things that dealt with some chocolate Um, there were actually other chocolate companies that were just there to start with Um, for example the the Stollwerk brothers from Germany they came and they built Thirty-eight foot chocolate temple. Thirty-eight feet. Thirty-eight feet. Crazy huge chocolate temple, and that reminds me a lot of um, here in in our area. We have Daffins, mm-hmm. and the Daffins Company has the Chocolate Kingdom that you can go and you can see they have like giant turtle and a couple like small little castles. They 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 have nothing on this thirty. 30- eight-foot chocolate temple.
1: That's a way to debut your company, man.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, they weren't the only ones that were there, though. There was a Dutch company, too, and you know the Dutch, right? The Dutch are renowned for their windmills.
1: Windmills, wooden shoes, tulips, and Pretty much... legalized marijuana. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, this Dutch company was not selling a lot of those things, but they were giving out free samples of their chocolate, and they would hand them out of a windmill. So they had a windmill built that they would stand in and hand out free samples of their chocolate, which everybody seemed to love, and that was pretty much a a big hit. I mean, one, it was free. Two, Mm -hmm. it was chocolate. Three, they were handing it out of a windmill. Yeah, super awesome, super awesome. So, yes, uh, should I continue? with a brain type fog or Well, or I'm what? trying to decide. You can't see
1: her, her face, folk. <laughs> like so, and then like half of you listeners just dropped off. <laughs> they're they're done already.
0: I'm I'm trying to decide. Should I talk about? one more pseudo food or should I go right to the bathroom?
1: Talk about the food before we go to the bathroom.
0: Okay. All right. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) we just went down the hill, man, talking about legalized marijuana and foods and bathrooms. Oh, dear.
0: Yes. Well, here's the thing. Mr. Hines, you all know the Hines 57 tomato Ketchup company, right? They also used to sell pickles. And I'm sure they probably still do, although I'm not a big pickle person, so I don't really look too much. But Mr. Hines had a booth there at the fair. Problem was, they gave him a booth on the second story of the building he was in. And getting people to walk upstairs was a big problem for him, especially to come up and get his pickles. (laughs)
1: Like, who wants to go upstairs and get a pickle? Well, you go and you lick the 38-foot chocolate tower. You have to have a pickle.
0: (laughs) Yes, chocolate-covered pickles, right? Uh, Well, anyhow. God,
1: that's disgusting.
0: (laughs) I think they make those now. Oh, man. Anyhow, what he did was he wanted to attract the visitors to come back upstairs to his booth. And so he sent representatives to go down on the main floor and give these people a little card that said, come upstairs for a free gift. And when they came upstairs, they got one of the pickle pins. How many of you have ever gotten one of those pickle pins, right? You go places, you go to the high end stores, whatever and they give you that little pickle, that little green pickle pin. This is where that debuted because he needed to get customers there.
1: I wonder how we got them made so quickly.
0: Well, it was six months. Right? The fair was six months. So, probably first month or so, it yeah. was probably like, oh, my god, all these pickles and nobody's, nobody's coming, coming up here, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I can gift. imagine they had some time, you know, over the course to come up with something. But um, it, it was a small pickle-shaped charm that could be pinned on with a straight pin. And everybody came to the booth. They wanted to get one of those pickle pins and it's become a, a tradition ever since everywhere you go that has Heinz having a booth or anything like that you get the pickle pin yeah absolutely
1: all right so uh, let's move on to the bathroom then
0: <laughs> so after you went and you had your pickle pin and you had your chocolate and you had your hamburger and everything else then you probably needed to go potty yeah and there were 27 million people who went to the potty over the course of this you event. Imagine? You know, oh, so there was a lot of that. And some people were like, these bathrooms are kind of gross. I don't know how much they said that. However, there was actually a company that had a pay toilet. So you could actually pay to go to the bathroom.
1: Cleaner bathroom.
0: A cleaner bathroom, absolutely. So you paid five cents and you could get a ticket that would get you in to the pay toilet. Do
1: we own a bathroom ticket?
0: We don't. We don't own a bathroom <laughs> I'm gonna ticket. I'm going to shut
1: up. You're going to get back on eBay. I, don't, I know. I've I don't been need, looking. I don't need a bathroom. I've been
0: looking. I have. So, But the bathroom tickets, they cost five cents and it could get you in. I don't know if that was like a all the time kind of thing. Like you could go in as often as you liked, or if you literally paid five cents each time, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one, but, uh, you could pay to go potty. That was the first time they had had a paid toilet anywhere. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So some other firsts that they had, um, the United States government couldn't stay out, right? They had to come and be part of this. They had to get their money, right? So they had some gimmicks that they came up with. Postcards.
1: Photograph
0: postcards. postcards were created for the Colombians World's Fair. They were the first time that they had postcards and you can get them, and we have one of those coming.
1: Coming? <laughs> Okay.
0: Anyways, they had uh, <laughs> they had those. And they also, the Postal Service also had the first commemorative stamps. So they had stamps, and we do have some of those. So they had commemorative stamps for the first time for the World's Exposition as well. And not to be outdone by the post office, the U.S. Mint got in on it as well. And they had, for the first time commemorative coins. These are a little interesting. Normally, our United States currency has who on them? Presidents. Presidents of the United States.
1: Well, there's Susan B. Anthony, too. But
0: But normally, it's United States peeps. Yes. We actually had the United States Mint produce a coin... That had the queen on it. I
1: wonder why they did that. I don't know. It's really weird. Maybe because she commissioned Columbus per- to come over? Well,
0: perhaps. They, they did commission him to come and find the mm-hmm. new world mm-hmm. and things like that. But it was really odd that, you know, here's this coin And now I've been trying to get me one of those.
1: <clears throat>
0: but they cost a little bit. Yeah. Because probably thank you, we don't need one. Because probably they printed out a picture of it. That's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) But they did have a second one that they came out with as well. Of course they did. And that one had Columbus on it, and we do own that one. Oh, of course we do. Yes. So they did come up with those those original uh, commemorative coins for this, and then they had each of the different. Buildings that you went to, they would have like a commemorative coin too. It wasn't really United States currency or anything, but it was just one of those little, you know, trinket type things. Uh, and including Mrs. Palmer was on one as well. So that was pretty, pretty nifty. But I bet you you have something else about coins that you want to talk about.
1: I do. But you know what? Let's take a quick little break so we could save this. Okay. But we're not going to do like the little commercial, and we're just going to save this real quick. And I'll come back and I'll talk about the coins.
0: All right, let's do it. All right,
1: so we'll be right back. Actually, you won't even tell the difference. Okay, so yeah, coins. um, The elongated penny was invented for the World's Fair. Yeah, I never really got time. into that. Did I didn't you?
0: either. I was too worried about, you know, defacing cur- <laughs> yeah. United States currency. Which is a federal
1: crime, by the way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, can you imagine if we did get in that? We'd have, like, a ton of them because everywhere we go we see that.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and they make 50 cents.
0: 51 because you got to give them the penny, too.
1: Well, you get the penny back. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but every time you crank that thing, it's 50 cents, 50 cents, 50 that's cents. That's true. I wonder, I wonder how, much of, you know, how much it was back then.
0: I don't know, you know how much it was back then but probably I it do wasn't 50 know fifty cents they would be like it, oh, are you
1: serious? I could ride that Ferris wheel. Well,
0: here. I know it wouldn't have cost yeah, because it cost fifty cents to get in and it cost fifty cents to the Ferris wheel. I can't yeah. imagine that they would charge <laughs> that much for that. But they mm-hmm. didn't just do the penny. Like they, they, they said nickels, it was the elongated too, penny, but yeah, nickels. And yeah. we have one of the Colombian World's Fair Exposition elongated nickels.
1: Are you serious? We do. How did I not see that one? I hit I, it.
0: hit. I hit a few World's Fair things. Oh,
1: Jesus. <laughs> we're gonna have to get like a whole shelf just. To... We
0: we probably could. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, but I haven't been able to find. I can't the wait until we're
1: done with this topic because you just keep going on eBay. I do. I do. <sighs> I,
0: but here's the thing: if you're looking on on eBay for things, folks, you do have to watch.
1: Folks, we keep saying all the stuff that we have, and we have two paver bricks that were at the Worlds.
0: Yes, we for, do. At yes, the we do. They say Columbians World, World Exposition. Two paper everything. bricks. Yeah, yeah. Um, those boxes are heavy to carry. They in, are. They're the 13 pound bricks, by the way. Yeah. Each one of those paper bricks. But um, if you do go looking for things from the Columbians World's Fair, you do have to kind of watch. Um, oh, I thought
1: you were going to say go to our webpage. It'll all be for sale. No, that's
0: not going to be for sale. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Tricks are for kids. But. Uh, <laughs> I know, I always mix those those two together. It's my saying at school with my kids. I you, you go
1: first. I know. My eBay star comes out.
0: Yeah, but anyhow. I can run that uh, from the beach. There are, there are people out there who have had replica dyes of the original World's Fair um, Elongated Penny uh, press created. And so you have to look and see if they say they are replicas or if they are the original um, and so that's kind of something to really be wary of, especially if you get a penny that's like 2006 and it's like a Colombian world's 1893 stamped on it, you know, yeah. it's like, excuse me. But, um, I, I, did notice some cause I've been looking for one because this was the first time they came out and I'm like, Oh, I want one of those too. And, um, the only ones that I could find were all replica. So the pennies seem to be a little bit, more scarce than the nickels,
1: harder to find.
0: Yeah, so I did find some real nickel ones, but I have not found real penny ones.
1: Well, I wonder if they did have the penny.
0: They they claim that they did. They said that it was the elongated penny. However, uh like I said, but I've maybe, only been able to maybe find the we do
1: pennies now, but back then they were nickels. Ooh, that's an idea. You know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. the machine changed to a penny.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but we have the nickel.
1: <laughs> but can you imagine? You should see an his face right now. 1893 penny. Hmm. I I don't know that they existed. Yeah, I think I think I our nickel. I
0: think our nickel is an 1891.
1: 1891 nickel.
0: Nickel. Yeah, that was elongated for the at the fair. So, anyways, moving away from coins, we have some other things that kind of showed up for the first time at the World's Exposition in 1893 as well. Um, things like the oh, I don't know, machine that would electrically cut clothing. Oh, say it isn't so. Today, you go into shops and you would find literally everywhere. Clothing that has been mechanically
1: cut. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: But at this exposition was the first time that somebody saw a machine that was actually electrically cutting on its own the clothing. Pretty yeah. pretty nifty. Can you imagine being the person going walking by and going, "Oh, that just cut a shirt." <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, let's just double back a second to okay. this penny discussion. Yeah. yeah. There, you you can't find a penny from them because the penny wasn't first minted until 1909.
0: The Lincoln penny wasn't invented. Oh yeah, you're then. right.
1: The Lincoln penny. Was there another penny?
0: But I'm pretty sure we had pennies all the way back because wasn't right. it wasn't, wasn't it a penny saved as a penny earned, uh, a statement by one of our founding fathers way okay, back in pennies. the day. You're right. You know, so the one that we know and love today was Lincoln created in penny 1909. That's Lincoln. called the Lincoln Penny, but I think before that there was pennies. Again, like I said, there, you know, we had our founding fathers talking about pennies. So,
1: wheat penny came out in 1909. I don't, know. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, moving on?
1: No, the the wheat penny came out in 1909. So, doesn't have any other. Oh wait. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. You're
0: right. Seventeen
1: ninety three. Okay. I didn't scroll down long
0: enough. Seventeen ninety three and hundred percent copper. copper. Yeah. Today I think they're only like two percent copper. Yeah, it says two point five percent copper. Eighty three to the present. Ninety seven point five percent zinc. I used to do. Never mind. I won't say that. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Just don't go there. Yeah. Yeah, I used to use the penny in a in a in a. thing at school with my science class <laughs> but anyways um,
1: so they yeah, would have been 100% they would have had 100 percent copper because 1795 mm-hmm. 1850 no they no not necessarily there's 1893 uh, right?
0: 1893 so it would have been 95 percent copper five percent tin and zinc
1: yeah
0: this would have been the amount then but Lincoln was not so on anything
1: pre 1857 was 100% copper. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. All, right. All right. Well, you might okay. use you might use some of those pennies mm-hmm. if you go to different things on the midway. So, the Midway... I
1: love, at, I love your segways. Do
0: you like my segways? I had not well. even planned these, and <laughs> they're just rolling right in there. So, uh, the Midway was where all the crazy acts were, you know, things like you would find in the circus, and in fact, the Midway is the reason why we have Coney Island today. Coney Island was designed to replicate the Midway, and of course... Um, this caused, you know, circuses, which were already in effect. It caused them to uh, grow and add more acts and things like that. And basically the carnival of today was born because of the midway. You add your Ferris wheel in there on the midway and all the little juggling acts and everything. And that was that was the place the, to be.
1: Is this where the uh, shows come? Where you can go in? and Yeah. See the four-foot man eating absolutely, chicken. Absolutely. People, people, we need your money.
0: <laughs> yeah, Had on the, barkers, the Midway. The
1: Midway Barkers. hmm yeah.
0: yeah. So all of that kind of stemmed right from this exhibition on the Midway. Some other things that, that we brought along also, uh, we have science museums and art museums today because of the chicago world's fair they had art buildings they had buildings that had all kinds of science things they had giant mammoth and a giant octopus is one of them still there and in fact today um there is the um there is a a museum right there in chicago it used to be housed until uh, i forget maybe about 30 40 years ago it used to be housed in the building that still exists today from the Chicago World's Fair. Oh, they moved it. And they moved it. They did. Um, So it's no longer in there. But the whole idea of having art on display for the public to just come in and look at having all these science oddities all these stuffed organisms and jars of things for people to look at that all stemmed from right here at the Chicago World's Fair well, where no they had you these love it. yeah i do everything about it um i just do i i truly love it so anyway we have those uh what is that noise
1: that's a hard drive spinning up really for some
0: that sounded sort of like a siren.
1: <laughs> Sorry, folks.
0: <laughs> I got a little excited there. Yeah. All right. So um Which
1: by the way, you know, we'll just start us in here, kinda of give you a little break from history being crammed in your head. We're actually in a new studio now that we've set up. Um and last week we weren't in here, so uh, that kind of explains a little bit of the quality of the audio. But now we're in a yeah, new got, studio and we we're have still new hard up. drives and we're still adding things to it. So these strange sounds every once in a while. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what was that? Oh, Yeah, we haven't okay, figured that one out now, yet. That's the new storage drive. But, <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Uh, all right. So we did get a few truly americana things as well that we know and love uh, here in the United States from this as well we got Columbus Day because of course the Columbian exhibition exposition was of, supposed to yeah. be representing the 400th anniversary of Columbus's discovery of the New World of course it was 401 years wow. after because it took a little details, longer than details. they expected to you know prep everything
1: yeah, details, details, yeah, details details details
0: um, but we also got the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: That's right. That's right. There was a, a middle school class that uh, was scheduled to perform, and that was the first time publicly was um, they recited the Pledge of Allegiance mm-hmm. at the fair.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and America the Beautiful. That's it wasn't right. cool. written... For the fair, but it was written about the the fair, yeah. Yeah. The Chicago World's Fair, all of the buildings were white, and it was known as the the White City, City. yeah. So, um, Jinx
1: got to buy me a Coke,
0: (laughs) and I can maybe I'll go and get it with one of my nickels, yeah. There you go, yeah. Uh, so it was actually written about the World's Fair when you the alabaster cities and all that kind of stuff in there. Catherine Bates, who was a teacher at Wellesley College, actually uh, came to the exposition. She saw the beauty and wonder of it and just the amazing things that were happening. And she just said, this is what America is all about. She wrote the poem. And And so she wrote the poem, America the Beautiful, and it was turned into the song we know and love today. And, of course, um, the Emerald City uh, in The Wizard of Oz was kind of created the same way. Mm-hmm. Instead of the White City, it was the Emerald City. Uh, so Frank Baum, who wrote uh, that portion, uh, or, or The Wizard of Oz, he, he based the Emerald City on the Chicago World's Fair White City as well. So kind of interesting little tidbits that you may never have known. Maybe you wanted to put a spotlight on that. Boom. Did you catch on to that? No? The giant searchlight was first brought out here as well. And so they would take these giant lights and they'd put them on top of the manufacturing buildings and they would sweep them over the streets of the World's Fair, um, the little uh, side streets next to it, the little... uh, areas where the people were living, those little side streets and everything, and people are like, what's all this light? And it was just super exciting for everybody to see things light up like that at night. And so, of course, um, the giant searchlight, this is the first time they showed up. We didn't put the bat signal on it, though. No. No. (laughs) We didn't need Batman yet. Batman wasn't invented. But we did have other lights that lit up the Chicago scape as well. And uh, we had, of course, uh, Mr. Tesla and Westinghouse that won the bid to light the Chicago World's Fair, Um, beat them, beat out Edison and General Electric. Mm -hmm. And they had a little bit of a tipped, you know. And then, of course, General Electric said, yeah, you're not going to use our light bulbs. (laughs) Find something else. And so they did do some things. They lost a little, you know, we may have talked about this before but um, they they did find a way to do it and along with the basic lighting they also introduced colored light bulbs as well so they had colored light bulbs for the first time and that was that lit the water around the famous McMoney's fountain that was there and they had neon lights for the first time at their booth for display and in fact Tesla and uh, Westinghouse also uh, presented something called a phosphorescent lamp, which was a precursor to today's fluorescent lamps that we have right there at the World's Fair.
1: Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, just going there from, you know, living in a house with gas no electricity and at all? all that yeah, and be like, wow.
0: Yeah, so not only are there lights, there's colored lights, there's yeah. phosphorescent lights, it's, there's these giant lights on the buildings that are like shining down, lighting up the whole street. Just amazing, amazing things that happen. So, lighting was a big newbie yeah. that we got at the shop. Well, electricity workspace. in general.
1: You know, you had the the lighting and all that. You had the uh, machine to cut the clothing. You know, and you got uh, you got one more machine.
0: Yes. Two. Yeah. Uh, Josephine Cochran. She had just patented her dishwasher. And so in 1885, she had she gotten the patent. She'd worked it out. She got people, you know, she got building it. And she demos it for the first time at the Chicago World's Fair in 1893. Absolutely crazy. Um,
1: what was um, the name of her company?
0: Well, she didn't have one at the time. However, she opened one so that she could sell her dishwasher, and she called it KitchenAid. And so today... Everybody knows the name KitchenAid mostly for blenders and things mixers. like mixers mm-hmm. but it started out with the dishwasher. Yeah, so I've she never heard opened of a that KitchenAid completely. dishwasher. Um, no, no I don't th- I've never sold one. I used to sell KitchenAid mixers and and stand mixers and hand mixers and things like that, but I, I did not sell a dishwasher most of the time you hear about like whirlpool or ge or something like that today i don't even know if they still make dishwashers i don't know i don't know but they did start out with that so we get the dishwasher showing up and we also get the new company kitchenaid so that's pretty exciting as well and more technology that we got the moving sidewalk you all been to and or heard of Disney and his, you know, special people movers. Yeah. But in fact, at the Chicago World's Fair, they introduced something called the moving sidewalk. It was um, along the East Pier, and it was constructed so that the visitors wouldn't get tired out walking the twenty five hundred feet from the steamships that they would come in on to get to the actual location of the world's fair. So to get to the fairgrounds, they built this movable sidewalk. And so you could sit in it and these little seats that they had, or you could stand. um, But you had these moving sidewalks that could carry just an absolute ton of people. It could carry 6,000 people at a time. Problem is it broke down all the time. So I don't know if they got from all that uh wait. Yeah, I think that if they would have made them a little bit fewer people at a time, it probably yeah, wouldn't have broken down as much, you know. Kind of like in the airport. Yeah, in the yeah. airport when we go to the airport now, they still have moving sidewalks. But
1: Chicago's airport has tons of them. Yeah. Which is quite But
0: they're not quite so long. No. They have a little stretch and then they have a space a break, and then another and then, one and then yeah. a space, you know. So they, learned their lesson. they did learn their lesson. <laughs> yeah. So it would move at six miles an hour, and you had to buy a ticket. Of course, you did. Everything was ticketed there uh, at the Chicago World's Fair, but you could uh, you could get a ticket. And it was good only for the day that you bought the ticket. You couldn't come back like every day and use the same ticket, Um, but you could use it all day that day. It went into operation like the Ferris wheel, not at the beginning of the fair. It wasn't quite ready, uh, and it didn't open until July. So it did uh, open up uh, about a month in and It's a shame that they didn't open just a little bit earlier because over the course of the fair, they carried nine hundred and ninety seven thousand seven hundred and eighty five people.
1: Yeah, they couldn't just they couldn't get to that stuff
0: if they would have opened up like a day earlier, you know, so uh, it would take them from the steamships and it would take them all the way into the fair and it would drop them off near the casino so they can get their Alki Hall first <laughs> as they're getting in there um but uh it, i i wish they would have been able to get just a couple more and get that million people mark, but such is life real such you got? is life, so the moving sidewalk that was that one uh definitely a new exciting piece there um what else what else um hmm. Am I, am I, think I that's I, pretty I'm much a, think it that we
1: have on our list. I'm sure there was a ton more. Though.
0: Oh, absolutely. Sure I think that's about more. all that I wanted to highlight, though. I mean, because there's so many things that yeah. showed up then. But these are things that we still have today. There's a lot of things that have gone by the wayside. But there's also other things that showed up that weren't quite from the World's Fair. Like, for example, the yellow pencil. Yeah. It actually showed up at The Paris Exposition before that, uh, and then they brought it here to the United States in the 1893 one, and they just like went off like Introduced wildfire. Yeah, States. so it wasn't that one wasn't new, but it got you know knocked in there and still with I'm us. Sure there's and there's of... a ton of things that you know we we don't necessarily use anymore today because like um, we have a precursor to the fax machine that showed up at this exposition. Um, but it's not quite the same. Uh the it was called a fact a autograph, fa- a tellautograph. It was invented by Alicia uh, Elisha, Elisha Gray, who um debuted it for the first time at the eighteen ninety three fair. There's some stipulations and some people who say, oh, he didn't make it. They had these things well before that, blah, blah, blah. But he definitely, it debuted his version anyway at the World's Fair. And basically it was uh, where you would write something and because you had the, of course, electricity and those types of things that were being tied in here as well, you would take the pencil and you would write and it would convert that elect that to electrical energy that was transferred from one location to another and then on the other side it would spit out an exact copy so he was kind of excited about it and he said hey you know um, with my invention you can sit down here in chicago and take a pencil in your hand and write me a message and it'll show up in my office over here. And Oh, by the way, if you were an artist and you work for the newspaper, you can draw out your cartoon and have it show up where you work at in another city. It would be, your drawing because every, it wasn't just words. It could do pictures and everything. Um, because it would literally take everything that that pencil stroke did and imagine turn it into that, an electrical energy. Imagine
1: watching that on the other end you see the yeah. pencil drawing a picture.
0: Yeah, that uh, would be, that would be cool. really cool. And, I mean, today we still have fax machines, but Yeah, it's, but they
1: just go... Mm. Yeah, oh, fax and, machines and
0: fax machines are dying almost... Dying out. Yeah, gone because you have and email. Absolutely. And, yeah. So there are things, like I was saying, that, you know, we They either were invented before and they just kind of hung around there or they were invented and we don't quite use them anymore. They're not as popular. There's a lot of that stuff, too, that happened at the World's Fair. But just so many things. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. All right. Hey, if you are really interested into, the, into this stuff, uh, I highly recommend you, you do a little bit more research on your own because... There, there's a ton that, that relates to yeah, this. Yeah, and we really just spread. scratched the surface. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a lot more. Yeah. But uh, you know what, folks? I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. I uh, want to thank you for joining us. And um, if you want to see, so, like, we're going to link to uh, some of these pictures and... Um, that recipe for the brownies. Yay. Yeah.
0: Maybe we can all make them and eat them together or something. Ooh, we fun. were supposed to do that for our for our live stream for the other thing, and yeah, we, we didn't were. do it.
1: Um, but you can check out our website, which is untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com. For the for, time being. For now, yeah. Um, and also on there, if you want to get a hold of us, send us a message, whatever. There is a little form on there that you can fill out and it'll shoot us an email.
0: Yeah, and we'll be yep. glad to hear from glad you. Glad to hear from you. Maybe you came up with something that wasn't on our list that we would love to hear about. Maybe you've got one of those tickets or something that
1: I would. Yeah. <laughs> and if you like to see us and see some of the stuff that we're doing with uh, with our YouTube channel, you can check that out too. That's youtube.com slash videos. That's P A N I C, the letter D, videos. Uh, And uh, every Saturday at 5 o'clock, we actually do a live show. So you can actually come on and
0: say hi to us. Say
1: hi and ask us questions. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We're doing show number eight this Saturday. Already eight shows. Crazy.
0: Eight weeks already.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Um, But yeah, and then uh, we keep that up. So every Saturday, even if we're out traveling, we can uh, actually go on and. Do the live show too. So, alrighty. So, till next time,
0: thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to
0: Untold History.